0: Hey, it's Flynn and Hal. We uh, recorded this week's episode on Tuesday night about the Super Bowl ad, and less than 12 hours later, uh, some a little news story broke about Mr. Springsteen.
1: That is true, and we we think that since the facts aren't known on the DWI story that we're obviously not going to discuss it right now, and also our discussion with Jack Epstein on the Super Bowl ad we think remains highly relevant and hopefully something that people want to hear. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the episode as we recorded it, and we're going to leave the discussion of the legal case, if necessary, until another day.
0: Sounds good to me. So enjoy tonight's episode. Who
1: out there! Yes, hello again everyone and welcome back to None But The Brave Podcast. I am Hal Schwartz and as always I'm here with my great buddy Flynn McClain. Flynn, so uh, we got a hot topic to discuss tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were all set to do a nice little Future of the Archives show, and then somebody had to do a little Super Bowl commercial, and that just changed everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, the reaction, I think we we need to talk about this. Now, we are going to do the archives episode. That's going to be next, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at what we think the future of the archive series is, what may be upcoming from the individual tours and so forth, and I know on Twitter some people have said they're looking forward to that, and so are we. But that'll be the next episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, for once, well, actually, I guess that we've pretty frequently we've been able to do a, a timely one. Obviously, we did letters to, letter to you and, and and Western Star, So, but this is even even more immediate. Just happened yes. on Sunday. news broke what last week. aired it on Sunday night, and boom, uh, everybody's talking about it.
1: Everyone truly is talking about this and to help us out tonight we have a special guest from the advertising world. Flynn, would you like to introduce our special guest?
0: Yes, uh, th- I'd like to introduce Jack Epstein. He's been, he's been in the commercial industry for 30 years including some car commercials and he's the director of production of gsd in Austin, Texas. Hey, guys. So Jack, welcome to the podcast. Thanks
1: Hi, for John. having me. Happy to chat. And we should note that we both know Jack because Jack is a big-time die-hard Springsteen fan. I am. It's well known around the office for sure. So got a lot of texts. So guys, uh, last week, as Flynn said, midweek, there was a very surprising leak that Bruce had maybe traveled to Nebraska to shoot what was said to be a commercial, and as we know, Bruce had for forty years turned down massive money. From a variety of sources to do ads. And uh, it turned out this was true. And Sunday during the game, the big games, the Super Bowl, we saw a Jeep ad starring Bruce Springsteen. So, what, uh, you tell me, what do you guys think?
0: Uh, well, I, I got to be honest from the first time I heard the news, I mean, once it was confirmed that it was actually a real commercial and it was actually happening, I was like, okay honestly it didn't bother me i can see where it bothers other people but it doesn't i don't i don't have an opinion believe it or not
1: Wait, you have no <laughs> opinion then how I do we have, have a no show opinion.
0: i'm just like whatever you know <laughs> as long as it doesn't delay tracks too i am fine
2: that's All a right. good a good opinion no i i have an opinion it's it's as it's hard I. for me that's to... why we yeah, it's kind of hard for me to sort of separate my Springsteen fandom, my job, which obviously I've I've actually produced five Super Bowl spots myself. So I know that well, it's really kind of hard to kind of divorce all that from my brain. But putting all that together, I was a little disappointed. I got to be honest. I mean, I I love the idea of unity. Uh I I kind of am a little sad that he did it, but on top of that, I, it feels like such a retread of Western Stars. Like I just mm-hmm. wanted it to be something unique and something I hadn't seen before. And granted, I know you know I'm in the one percent of people that probably feel that way who've even seen the movie that watched that. But mm-hmm. it's that's what disappointed me a little bit.
0: Now, were you sad because of the way it it just was basically a Western Stars retread, or was there something else going on?
2: Well, I mean, maybe it was a little jealousy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I wish I was there in, in Kansas or Nebraska or wherever they were. But no, I mean, I guess I just feel like I'd seen it before, you know, and I want to be surprised when I see Super Bowl spots. But I also want to be surprised and delighted when I see Springsteen in a commercial, you know, and that just didn't happen for me this time.
1: What What I will say in terms of the Western stars comparison, yes, it is heavily influenced by Western stars. As I don't have to tell you, Jack, 100 million people watched the Super Bowl, 100 million people did not see the Western (laughs) Stars film. I think we can say that for sure. What I found surprising about it, and and I think we should talk about the decision to do it, I I, I was very surprised that someone finally enticed him to do it. Now, I and Flynn will back me up on this. I said right away, it's got to be some kind of more issue oriented piece which is what it turned out to be. I did not see him dressing up in red, white, and blue, born in the USA outfit, and and miming born in the USA while selling Jeep or whatever. Uh, which certainly is the type of ad that theoretically could run, but it, it was a surprise that he decided to do it. Now, do we think that he was swayed? We know he was swayed by the message. Landau spoke to that, but what do we think was good old hard cash a factor as well? Well, I I have a little experience with
2: this. It's no secret that the CMO of what used to be called FCA, which was Fiat Chrysler, they just merged with Peugeot, and now they're called Stellantis, that is the owner of Jeep. There's no secret that Olivier has wanted Bruce. He's been his white whale for years. Um, They use a bunch of different advertising agencies to pitch ideas all the time. Mm -hmm. I have been involved in pitches to Springsteen in the past. So it was like we all said, all right, he got his white whale. I'll tell you, money had nothing to do with it. I think Bruce was paid handsomely, and I think Landau hinted at that. But I think this was just a script that spoke to him. And how that works, real quick, is agencies will pitch ideas. They'll put together what's called a rip video. We've done it for Springsteen in the past. In this case, the agency donor there in Michigan did it, wrote a beautiful script, I'm sure cut together a bunch of that Western Stars footage. And the CMO had it in his desk drawer so to speak or a file on his computer and he's become friendly with john landau over the years and he just slipped it to him and this one happened to work and then i'm sure the money didn't help
1: you I mean it didn't hurt
2: yeah sorry it didn't hurt
0: okay. well let me let me ask a kind of a follow-up on, on what you just said when you said that you've participated in pitches so have they been have they listened to pitches in the past or is did did, did, did they just get some kind of an elevator pitch here
2: you know, I, I don't I can't confirm that. I don't really know exactly what, if anything, has ever gotten to Bruce in the I think it was the Billboard article Landau mentioned that they've definitely shown him some things in the past. I don't know if there's anything that we were a part of. But, you know, every year around the Super Bowl, it's all about the celebrities. Right. So mm-hmm. I think what happens with we have a whole creative department who writes great, funny, serious ads, you know, Picking whatever celebrities they think are interesting. And that makes its way to the clients, and the clients decide if they want to pay that money, and the celebrities decide if they want to do it. So it's all part of probably a six month process. In this case, um, from what I understand, you know, yeah, the script was probably written earlier, but Springsteen didn't even agree to it till early to mid January. So this was a tight one.
0: Now you say he was swayed by the script, or you think he was swayed by the script. Does that mean that he did not write that?
2: No, it was written by from what I from what I heard in the articles, it was written by a creative director at Donor. I'm sure Springsteen rewrote it. I'm sure he changed some things for his voice, but the whole concept of the church in the middle of the country was was written by the agency, creative director.
1: Yeah, Landau said that, that it came to him and then Bruce did work on it himself and I think he he worked on it with Tom Zimney as well. But the original idea definitely said in several of the articles was from the ad agency.
2: Okay. I think it is unique that Zimni directed it. And I think it's unique that Bruce did the music. I think in a lot of cases, the celebrities are very involved in the concept and the production of it, but kind of just walk away and just approve the edit. So Bruce stayed involved. I mean, he made this his own.
1: Yeah, Landau said that Bruce was involved with every edit and with how every frame looks. So, I mean, we know Bruce is a control freak. I mean, we've talked about that before. And I would think putting myself in Bruce's mind after 40 years of not doing ads suddenly to make this decision, I too would want to be like, okay, every single thing is going to be under my approval or I'm not doing this.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's the case with most celebrities. I just haven't seen, I mean, because we know Bruce so well, and we've seen, you know, the movies, it's it's so obvious that he had a hand, even in the music, you yeah. know, I mean, obviously, that little violin piece at the end, for a second there, I wondered, is that the melody from Thunder Road? But no, but it definitely, <laughs> uh, it definitely felt like straight out of the movies
1: and it was beautiful, the the score, and they should release it. Now, the, the music also brings up the very significant point that they did not use a Springsteen song. Now, we don't know if they didn't want to use a Springsteen song or if he would not permit the song to be in, in the commercial. What's your take on that, Jack? Well, I'll tell you, I'm sure
2: the client and the agency would have loved to have a Springsteen song in the background, and they probably tried a few. My sense is, from reading that Landau article, is that's Uh, And that's something that Bruce will not agree to putting his Mm -hmm. music in ads, which is kind of interesting that he would appear in an ad. But, you know, he's going to die on the hill about not putting his music in the ads, which I actually respect because it does change the context of that music. So I think he probably said from the beginning, yeah, I'll do it. But my music is off limits.
0: Well, I remember a a Backstreet's April Fool's ad, April Fool's story from like 2003, (laughs) about come on up for a Verizon, you know, to the to the to the melody of the rising, the rising, yes, and so. You know, that would have been that's that's definitely a bridge too far for for a lot of fans, including even myself. I don't think I would be I would have been very disappointed in that. That's for
1: sure. Well, okay, so that's a perfect segue there, Flynn. Let's talk about the reaction to the ad. If the goal was to get Bruce out into the public eye and to make sure that he is not forgotten during the pandemic, they have successfully done that (laughs) because everyone is talking about Bruce.
2: Yeah, I think they did. And people, I mean, if you look at, there's been all sorts of Google searches and trends that said, actually, the, the, most, Googled, the most Googled musician was The Weeknd, believe it or not. I saw that. And then after that, that. after that, I think it was like Cardi B and then Bruce or something like that. So there were a fair amount of people Googling who is in the Jeep ad or who is Bruce Springsteen,
1: but that's going to happen, I think, uh, to anybody of his age right now. It's interesting that you say that. Now, of course, the other thing about Bruce was the weekend was the halftime show. Bruce didn't appear until late in the fourth quarter of a game that was a blowout. Now, uh, you know better than I, Jack. I mean, that's always a gamble. These companies take by placing a spot in the fourth quarter if the game had been twenty one, twenty one. They would have hit the jackpot, but unfortunately for them, it was not 21 21. Unfortunately for all of us, I might add. (laughs) You know, I think what probably happened,
2: because it sounds like they had two one minute slots in the game. And when the Springsteen spot came along and they knew it was going to be two minutes, they wanted two straight minutes. I saw that in one of the articles. And I think they probably didn't have a slot that was available in one of those prime spots since the decision was made so late. Now, if it was a close game, as you said, it would have been a perfect time for the commercial.
1: So let's talk about the reaction. I mean, there's been some really interesting takes. I don't know if I agree with them there are people upset about the religious imagery in the ad. Now, uh, I think we could argue that Bruce has used religious imagery heavily for his entire career. What do you guys think about that aspect of the commentary on the ad?
0: Well, the first thing is just that it was it was so Christian-centered. And if we're trying to emphasize the multiculturalism of, of our country, that's Kind of that's somewhat misleading when so many people are are, are Jewish or Muslim or or anything else, and so to, just to keep focusing on just the white Protestant is that's not exactly in the middle anymore.
2: No, no, and I, I I think you know from from being on the agency side, I could see there being a lot of conversation about that, and they probably thought you know in the spirit of unity, reaching out to half the country that obviously has a very Christian bent, um, would maybe help that. But I I actually, like you, didn't expect to see the backlash over that issue. I think they could have easily toned it down by talking about the middle of the country and not talking about the church in the middle of the country. (laughs) There's one shot in particular I saw people really focus on, which was inside, I think, that church with the cross in the middle of the United States. I think that really turned some people off.
1: I, I got to say, I, look, I'm Jewish. I thought the ad was beautifully done and, and extremely well-directed. And I, when I saw it, I had no issue with the imagery. Of course, it ties into what Bruce has done before, both in Western Stars, as we pointed out, and really to his entire career. I mean, even look at the Broadway show. So that really caught me off guard that there was that big of an outcry that that imagery was in there. I, now, everyone's entitled to their opinion, of course, and and uh, I just think that it didn't register that way to me, but I, I also think we're in a period where people are very sensitive right now, and, and perhaps they should have looked at that.
2: I agree. I agree, definitely. Well,
0: you have Bruce Springs in here advocating people meeting in the middle, and Bruce is he is very well known. I mean, since 2004, he's very well known as being very Democrat leaning, very liberal in his policy. So the target audience for meeting in the middle would be would be more conservative and white and, and Christian.
1: That's a good point. I, I You know, I think that and some people were very upset also with the idea of meeting in the middle You know, we've taken a position on this show. We've talked about uh, a lot of the controversies that have happened over the past year. And uh, I I think our thoughts are known on this. I, I just don't agree with the idea that because Bruce is seen as as a person to the left, that he cannot be talking about the middle or that we cannot occupy the middle anymore because the other side is so bad. And there are some people on the other side who are. Very bad. And we saw that on January 6th. But if we're going to heal the country, I just thought it was a sentiment that uh, I just wouldn't have expected that so many people would be upset by the idea of meeting in the middle and reunifying the country.
2: I, I think a lot of it has to do with who delivered the message. And that's, I think, the big question here, because you think about the stuff that Bruce has said the last four years, you know, not good things about Trump. Obviously, you know, I agree with a lot of that. But I think the, the thing is, you know, he said, he, oh, I'm going to move to Australia if, if Trump wins and all that stuff. And so if you actually look at, you know, Jeep's Facebook page, there's a lot of people that are saying, where was Bruce four years ago? Why is he talking about unity now, now that he's in the office? Right. Why? Why is this liberal elitist telling me to unify? And I think that that's a really valid statement for half this country. And then it
0: seems like he succeeded in pissing off the left. And yes. the right. That's I mean, he, I was he, to, yeah. he did a great job of just, you know, going for the middle and pissing everybody off, and that's. Do we, do we think they they anticipated that kind of reaction?
2: I think that they anticipated some polarization. I think that they probably didn't anticipate as much of it on the left, just like you and Hal and I are surprised about, right? I did not see that coming at all. I I did not. And so I don't think that surprised them. But at the end of the day, they got a ton of PR. They got a ton of social media hits. They were talked about after the game. They're number 12 in the USA Today ad meter, which is actually pretty good for something that, you know, a lot of people were offended by. And so I think it did its job.
0: Well, okay, so let's take this momentum here. Get he's he's on the he's on everybody's mind. Let's release tracks two tomorrow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's yes, gonna I'm happen, focused, but I'm sorry. I don't think <laughs> that's, that's gonna unif- happen, Flynn. I'm sorry about that.
2: <laughs> There's the great unifying statement right there, Flynn.
1: Exactly. Well, it is so interesting that this is developed in the way that it has because as we said, it was so unexpected that he even would do an ad. And and I guess in a way, I, I do think it, it totally ties into what I would think he would have done. As I said, I thought he he was gonna do an issue ad, but they swung for the fences. I he wasn't gonna do something that was just boring, and you know, it, it does seem to have created a lot of polarization. Uh, there is not a constituency that seems very happy with the ad. Although I will say, I, I really did think it was well done, and I thought it was effective. I, I, very surprising that it it has gotten this level of criticism.
2: Yeah, and I think you know, from from inside the company this is a company that uses a lot of celebrities in their ads. They use a lot of musicians. And I think landing Springsteen just helps their cachet for whatever they're going to do next, regardless of how people on the left and the right feel. I think it was a big statement from this company that shows this company's willing to make that big statement. And I think that's what they wanted to have happen.
1: Well, they got it.
0: (laughs) And I think one thing that, that came to my mind was that sure it's, As Hal said, it's a beautiful ad. It's the message I think we can all agree on. Most people can agree on to to some extent, but I just don't I don't think it's going to move anything.
2: No, probably not. I mean, I you know, it's for me, I compare it to a, a very famous Super Bowl spot that the same company did, which was halftime in America with Clint Eastwood. And for some reason, that one spoke. To everybody, it was more it, – it might have been about what the country was going through, and it was a lot of economic failure, and Detroit was dying and all that, and everybody wanted America America to succeed. But that was a spot that I felt people really rallied behind. And maybe they were hoping that this one would do that, and I guess we just have a whole different climate now.
1: Yeah, what that, year was that? that? 2012, I think? No, I think it was earlier than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, we the, the, the divisions in this country have definitely hardened – In the last eight or nine years are hardened even more than they than they were then. So, you know, it it would have taken a a lot to get people going,
1: hmm, you know, there's a point there. It probably was before 2012 because that was the year he spoke to the chair. No, 2012. I just looked
2: it up. You were oh, right. it is
1: 2012. Yeah. Okay. Good call. So that, was, was that, that was before. All oh, right. Okay. So the Super Bowl would have been in, obviously, in February 2012. So and then he spoke to the chair at the convention, which was over the summer. Because after that, I don't think they could have run that ad. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Jack, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us a little color on the decision here that must have gone on behind the scenes for Bruce to do this. And do uh, I'll ask now, you assume this is his one and only ad, Jack?
2: I do, I do. I think, um, you know, I guess he's opened those doors and if there was another message he could get behind, but I, especially with some of the reaction we've seen, I'll bet you he's done. I think just like playing the Super Bowl halftime, it's like, I did it, it was fun. Now what's next?
1: Oh, one other thing I wanted to ask is, is that the only time it's going to appear? They don't seem to have cut it down for use elsewhere.
2: No, I, you know, in typical versions like that, you'll see like a 60 and a 30 and probably a, a version with a dealer tag about sales and all that stuff. I'm sure Bruce's contract was like, nope, two minutes, that's it. I'm done. I, I could see it. I don't know. It's up, I I don't know. I could see it running again in another big moment, but he may be the kind of guy that just says you can only get to run it one time.
0: I think I read in an article that it said one time only.
2: That makes sense.
0: So, so they, were, they went for it at the Super Bowl. They aired it, got all these people talking, and now we'll never hear it, never hear or see it again. <laughs>
2: that was a lot
1: of money. <laughs> uh, yeah, how much did that spot cost at that point in the game? Was it, I think I read it was $5.5 per 30 seconds, so that would have been $22 million, a two-minute spot. Yeah, they they probably got a deal, so maybe it was a little under twenty or twenty, but you're thinking
2: twenty million plus Bruce's fee plus <laughs> production. I mean that was a very expensive one time error.
0: So we're wow. talking like near thirty million dollars for for two minutes. Yes. Yeah, probably. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm
2: in the wrong business.
0: So uh <laughs>
2: It's interesting, though. I will say a lot of people, you know, when the when the spot first came out or when the rumors were, I heard a lot of people going, oh, he probably donated his money to charity. He probably didn't get paid. And it's like, come on, Bruce is a celebrity. He's going to get paid.
0: <laughs> he he has earned the right to to make money. He sure. Um, he You know, I, I I don't get people criticizing him for for taking for taking the money, even in even in this economic downturn if you can earn it, go for
1: it. Landau was asked about whether he was going to give money to charity, and he just said his standard, we don't discuss Bruce's charitable contributions. So uh, I, I think he probably will. I mean, we know Bruce is very charitable, but look, whatever he wants to do with the money, that's up to him. It's his, it, and, and we were jousting with some people online. I, I will say this. The last thing I'll say is, My opinion on this is the purity of the artist is up to the artist, not up to the fans. You know, if Bruce was comfortable doing an ad, finally, that's his decision and and not really for the fans to decide for him. But I I don't know how you guys feel about that.
0: I agree with you 100 percent. He has done he has earned the right to do. I mean, not that he's never he never had the right to do what he wants to do. But, you know, over his 40 some odd year career, if he wants to appear for Jeep, go for it.
2: You know, look, Dylan did Victoria's Secret ads and no one is telling him he shouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? So this isn't going to change Bruce's trajectory. I agree. Not at
0: all. I mean, he his reputation, his legend is set. I mean, just from what he did during, you know, from 75 to 85. And you know, unless unless it turns out, you know, he's a pedophile or something, which I don't think he is. I'm just using that as the worst thing I can think of.
1: Uh, Why go know? there? But anyway,
0: you know, unless unless it turns out he's a real sleazebag in that respect. You know, I he's he's not going to lose that that
2: legend. I wonder what the 1985 or 84 Springsteen, who turned down the big Chrysler ad, would say to this Bruce Springsteen now.
1: I think that the 1984, 85 Bruce Springsteen would. On numerous fronts, I mean, remember, he didn't want to play TV. There are so many things that he has loosened up on. The agonizing over releases, you know, the 1984-85 Bruce Springsteen would be like, what, this guy's releasing albums every year, six months? What's going on here? (laughs) Good point. So I I think on the whole host, he's just... He's, I think he's become a lot more comfortable as an artist. And and he he has said this. He said it on one of the podcasts that we talked about. I forget which one now. That he knows as a, he can listen to his own work as a member of his audience. And really tell what he thinks is good and, and what he feels comfortable with. And I, I just think he's gotten to a point where he's like, I know what I want to do. I'll know what I'll do. And they obviously, as you were saying, Jack, they presented this ad to him. He felt good about it and
2: he did it. He must consider it part of the conversation, right? This is just <laughs> the conversation he's having with his audience.
0: It is. And I, I wonder how many I wonder how many fans are gonna be well, that's it. I'm not talking to you anymore. Um, I can't imagine it's going to be that many. Uh,
1: I will. Uh, and we had a couple of people say that on Twitter or go close to that. I will say this. I do not believe there's a single person out there who's going to say the next time that he tours, I'm not going to see the show because he did a Jeep ad. I, I just don't yeah. believe that for a second. No, because
2: this is the same guy that played shows for Obama. I mean, he's this has been going on for a long time. So it's like, if why would this be the thing to offend you? You know?
0: I mean, I thought the Walmart Greatest Hits was more offensive than this, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, st- I still went back to see him after that. <laughs> that was no tr- no trouble there with me.
2: Boy, imagine if social media was around as much for that.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, 2009 for for
1: Walmart well, Greatest tw- Hits. Well, Twitter was not uh, it, the same not role. Sorry. It does not play. It did not play the same role then that it does now. That's for no, sure.
0: That is yeah, hundred percent correct there.
1: So all right. Well, Jack, thank you so much for talking to us about this. This was great. We had oh, a great thanks for time. having me. Yeah, thanks guys.
0: Once again, that was Jack Epstein, the director of production of GSDNM in Austin, Texas. That's a advertising agency. He's been in the in the biz for thirty years. So uh, he he knows what he's talking about. Yes, he does. And so of course we we did as we said at the top of the show, we did promise an archive show and that will be the next one. We'll even we're even going to save the, uh, the discussion of, of Nice, France, from '97 uh, for next time.
1: Yeah, although I will say it'll—I'll have some interesting thoughts, I think, on that because uh, I don't know this one. Every time we start the show, them, we're like, "Oh, we love it." They—they've topped themselves again, and I don't know about this one, but let's talk about that next time. All
0: right. Well, the, the Joe tour has some challenges in that respect. So, um, at the, which at the time we thought was great about it, now it's you know. 20-some-odd years provides a different different perspective.
1: I still think the tour was great, but I just don't know about the selection of this particular show. But again, we don't really know what they have. (laughs) Right.
0: And we'll we'll get into that. I have a lot to say about that and Hal
1: and I will go at
0: it, so that'll be fun.
1: And we're going to sort of guesstimate what we think maybe the next year (laughs) ahead holds on the Archive series.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun because I... We, there are some things we know and there are some things we know we don't know. So, but we're going to, we're going to go with the things, at least the things I know.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, and and you do have some interesting tidbits perhaps that we're going to have in that episode.
0: I don't know about how interesting it is, but yeah, I'll I'll drop a tidbit or two. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, then we will look forward to that next time. Sounds good to me. All right. So I'm going to wrap it up none but the brave is a presentation of bull market entertainment please subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice we're on apple amazon google all of them on twitter we're at mbtb podcast our website is none the brave
0: so for hal schwartz i'm phil mcclain saying thanks again to jack epstein for joining us and we'll see you further up the room
1: thank you so much we'll be seeing you